Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. I want to read you um, just a couple verses and, and talk to you about a sobering thought this morning, if the Lord would help me. Psalms 9, verse number 16 says this, The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands, Haggaiah, Selah. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. The wicked shall. It's not a question there. It's a statement. The wicked shall be turned into hell in all nations that forget God. Father, Lord, you know the seriousness, God, of every time we walk in your house to worship you. God, there's not a doubt in my mind that there's probably somebody here today that don't know you as their personal Savior. Lord, there's probably somebody here today that if they was to die... Uh, Lord, they may not go to heaven, Father. uh, There's a good chance there's somebody here lost today. God, I pray that as we look into your word, Father, Lord, that the Holy Spirit, Father, would uh, speak to their heart. God would convict them, would show them their need of you. God, the seriousness of a place called heaven and a place called hell today, the seriousness of life, the seriousness of death, but God, even what even is so much more than that, God, is where we spend eternity at. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us this morning to rightly divide the word of truth. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, I'm going to do my very best to get it to their ear this morning. But, God, it's going to take you to put it in their heart, and I pray that you do that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about the subject of hell this morning. We live in a society today where we don't like to talk about this subject. We live in a society today where we don't like to talk about the judgment of God. But the Bible is very plain about it even here in Psalms 9. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of of his own hands, and then he uses this word Haggaiah right here, and then the word Selah. That word Selah or Selah is known throughout Psalms. It is a musician's term, which Psalms is made up of songs. It's what it's made up of. That word Selah or Selah this morning simply means to stop and to think about what has just been said. As I was reading this, and I've read Psalms 9, I don't know how many times, uh, but this word Haggaiah jumped out to me, uh, and I thought, man, why have I never really paid attention to that? So I began to study that word, and that word simply means this this morning. Uh, It means a meditation. It means to meditate uh, upon what has just been said. Selah means simply the same thing. And whenever I read that, I thought, man, it's very interesting that God not only told us once, but told us twice in verse number 16 to think about, to stop and meditate upon what is being said. 
So whenever I seen that, I immediately went back to the beginning of chapter number 9. And I began reading through chapter number 9 or the ninth division of the psalm. Listen to the way he opens it up. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. He says in verse number 2, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. He opens the psalm in a psalm of praise and a psalm of thanksgiving, praising God for who he is and for his wondrous works to mankind. I believe that we can all come to this agreement today that we serve a great God that does love us and a great God that has been good to us. Uh, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter the storm that we're in, uh, God is still good. And he begins to remind us of that. But boy, he really shifts his attention when we get on into this psalm on the judgment of God, the judgment of God. And he talks about this. Listen to what he says in verse 16. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Here's exactly what I thought about whenever I read that, Miss Shannon. How many times... Have we tried to help somebody? Have we tried to, to uh, get them in church? Or we tried to turn them to the Lord? And here's what they'll say so many times, Brother Lloyd. I've got some things that I've got to get straightened out in my life. I'm going to get in church. I'm going to get saved one day. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I want to raise my family in the house of God. But there's some things that I've got to get straightened out in my life. Let me read you something. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. He's snared in that. What is that? That snare is simply a trap is what that is. It is a trap, and, and um, I, 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 I was reminded of, uh, uh, of some things that I'd read one time. We went on this camping trip, and we hiked about six miles back up in the mountain, and, and Brother Mark, I was reading all kinds of survival things. I had enough rations in my backpack. Uh, I, we carried a 10-pound bag of taters in there. We, we was going to eat something, amen. But anyway, I thought about different things. And one of the things that it said in that life survival book or in that survival book, it taught you how to build snares and how to catch things. And you know, that's the way we do in our life. We snare ourselves in trying to figure everything out on our own when there's some things that we just cannot figure out. There's some things that we just cannot straighten out ourselves. And we get snared by Satan into thinking, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and boy, if I can get this straightened out and if I can get that straightened out, then I'll go to the house of God. Then I'll read my Bible. Then I'll pray, no, hear me, you're being snared by the work of your own hands. And then he goes on to the next verse and he says this, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. Can I show you four things about hell and I'll be done. Number one this morning. I want you to look at the disbelief of hell. 
Let's think about the disbelief of hell. Whenever we think about heaven today and whenever we read our Bible and, and, and man, we began to uh, get over there in Revelation and we began to get a glimpse uh, even into the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and, and what it is and we began to read about how glorious heaven is, man, we have no problem in our mind uh, believing in heaven a lot of times. Man, it's a wonderful place. There's no more sorrow. There's no more heartaches. Uh, there's no more hospice homes. There's no more hospitals. Uh, there's no more death notifications. There, Man, it's just eternal joy. But we have a problem believing in hell. And here is one of the most popular questions I personally encounter is this. When it comes to hell, is this right here, will a God that is so loving... Uh, really send someone to hell? And can I answer that question for you this morning? No. God will not send you to hell. You will choose to die and go to hell yourself. You see, God, and I'll deal with it at the end of the message, God has prepared a way where you can escape hell. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to live a life of long, alone. You don't have to live a life of discouragement. God has provided a way through his son for you to be saved. What did the Bible say about hell? Here's what the Bible said about hell. He said that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. God never prepared hell for you or for me. God prepared hell for the devil and his angels. Whenever the devil turned against God in heaven and whenever the devil decided to try to overtake the throne in heaven, then God kicked the devil out of heaven and there was a great group of angels that followed him out of heaven and God created hell for them. And if you die and go to hell, God did not send you there. You chose yourself to reject a loving God in his way. Listen to what he said in Psalms 9. Let me read you a couple verses right here. We're there, verse 7. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in unrighteousness. The Lord also will be a refuge. What about that? He's dealing with judgment, and he's dealing with judging the world and, and the unrighteousness of the world. But listen to what he says. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. You know what he's saying to us this morning? He said, no, I'm not going to send you to hell. You're going to choose to reject my righteousness and die in your unrighteousness when I have already provided a refuge for you. What did the Bible say? He that knew no sin, Jesus Christ, he that knew no sin became sin so that I could be made what? The righteousness of God through him. Yes, there is a hell and the disbelief a lot of times people don't want to believe in and they don't want to believe that God would send them there. Well, God won't send you there, but you will choose in your own power and your own will 
to reject him. Number one, I see the disbelief of hell. Number two, this morning, I want to see the description of hell. Have you ever planned a trip somewhere? Whenever you plan a trip somewhere, if you're like I am, you get on the, the computer and, and thank goodness for technology. We was, <laughs> I, I, this just went through my mind because y'all know the way my mind is. This just went through my, we was coming out of the basement of the courthouse the other day and Olivia was with me and um, we walked past um, a, a, a phone hanging on the wall called a pay phone. And Olivia said, what was that, Dad? And I said, it's called a pay phone. She said, what's that? I said, you take a quarter out of your pocket, you put it in it, and you dial the number and make the call. And she said, why would you waste a quarter to put in that phone when you could just take your phone out of your pocket and call them? And I said, because there used to be this time when the world was black and white that that's the way you called somebody. And you had this pager on your side. Y'all with me? And you looked at that pager that had a number and then you went and tried to find a quarter because you kept some in your car. But <laughs> I know this, Brother Brian, you remember, don't you? I mean, Brother Robert remembers turning that thing. <laughs> operator, <laughs> 137, please. <laughs> Dawn was the operator and knew all the gossip. <laughs> You look at a place. Whenever you start to go somewhere, you take the computer, you, you search that place up. What is the best things to do in that area? Uh, our family, we love to hike, and we've got a, a, a lot of hiking plans this summer, and we're going to go up and meet Brother Williams up next to Asheville, Brother David Williams, and um, we're going to do a couple hikes up there. Man, I've already been looking at those waterfalls and how far it is in there too, old man, and uh, man, I'm excited. You look it up. You want to see the description the way it is. Well, what is the description of hell today? Let me give you a few verses. It's a place of fire. The Bible said this in Mark chapter number 9, verse number 48. The Bible said, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The Bible said this, it's a place of punishment in Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 46. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteousness into life eternal. It's a place of darkness. In Matthew chapter number 22, verse number 13, then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. It's a place of torment. You remember what the Bible said in Luke chapter number 16, don't you? That the rich man lift up his eyes being in torment. Being in torment is a place of outer darkness whenever you study the Bible. And I've just read that to you. I remember years ago there was a song came out that was talking about the party in hell. I'm going to tell you something today, friend. There's not a party going on in hell. Hell is not a, a place that you can go to and, and, and live it up and, 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 and think that life is just going to be... That's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. You say, well, preacher, how, how will a person not burn up in hell? How, how would a person not, well, we've got to understand this. Number one, it's not our body, it's our soul. 
You say, well, if it's my soul, how will I have my five senses? Read Luke chapter number 16 and you see them all right there with a rich man in hell. He could hear and there's no doubt he could smell. He could taste. You just walk right down through it. It's all there. Well, preacher, how am I not going to burn up? I don't know, but I do know this. There was three Hebrew boys thrown into a fiery furnace and they came out and the smell of smoke was not even upon their garment. I do know this, that in the book of Exodus, Moses had a conversation with a burning bush and the bush was not consumed. I do know this, it's God and God created it and what he wants it to be, that's what it'll be. So I see the disbelief, I see the description, but here's really where I want to talk to you for just a minute this morning. The duration, the duration of hell. How long will hell last? You know, really, in all honesty, the smartest person in here today, I don't know who that would be. There's, there's, there's a few that might be smarter than I. But there, <laughs> there's a lot. But the smartest person in here today, we really cannot even begin to get a hold of the word eternity. We, re we really can't, Brother Josh, I can't even wrap my mind around eternity. Never ending. Never ending. The duration of hell, listen to what the Bible said in Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 41. Then shall he say also unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Listen to what he said in Isaiah 33, 14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness hath suppressed the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring of fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Listen to what he said in Isaiah 66, 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an ab abhorring unto all flesh. You know what he's saying? He's saying this. The duration of it, it's forever. What did he say in Luke chapter number 16? He said, and besides this, between us and you, there is a what? A great gulf fixed so that they that would come to us from thence would not. Neither can we go to them. You know what he's saying? Here's exactly what it is. It's eternal. There's no getting out. There's no second chance. If you die lost without God and go to hell, that's it. That's it. You say, well, preacher, I've read my Bible, and the Bible says in the book of Revelation uh, that they'll be brought up out of hell to stand before God uh, at the judgment seat at that great white throne judgment. They're going to be brought up out of hell and stand before God that day and then be cast back into hell so there will be a break. You know what C.H. Spurgeon said about that? Here's what C.H. Spurgeon said. Hell will be a relief compared to standing in the presence of an angry God. 
You see, we have in our mind that God is just this loving God, that God never executes judgment, that I can just live my life any way that I want to and everything will be all right, but that's not true. God is a loving God. God is a caring God. God loves you enough to give his son to die for your sins. And when you reject that, you choose the judgment of God upon your life, yourself. I've said this a million times here, and I'm about done this morning. I've said that a million times here too. I've said that a million times in one message, but I really am about done. Every choice has a consequence. Every choice has a consequence. And so many times we don't weigh out the consequences of our choice before we make it. Of our choice before we... Brother Heath come in my office this morning and, and he said, Hey, preacher, how are you? Man, I was like, I'm here. I didn't weigh out complete. I don't... Midnight? Man, you're, you're supposed to be asleep at midnight and I stayed out with them girls last night my oldest daughter thinks for some reason that she needs to date a boy that drives a late crate dirt track car and Olivia it was going on her 16th birthday and, and thought we needed to go to the dirt track race last night we did see a good fight <laughs> seen a couple get slammed you say, what'd you do when it broke out? I jumped off the top of the truck and run to the middle of it, praise God. I wanted to see what was going on. Livy said, where are you going, Dad? I throwed her a blanket. I said, sit right there. I'll be back after a while. <laughs> you say, did you? Yeah, I went. You say, what if somebody swung at you? I'd have swung back, praise God. You say, really? Well, would you just stand and let somebody whoop you? You say, well, the Bible said turn the other cheek. Well, I may have... As they hit it and it turned, it didn't say what to do after that. <laughs> so this morning as I was sitting in the office, man, I'm telling you, Brother Robert, I was struggling getting going. Brother Tim ended up out late last night on that fair, so I jumped in the church van with Brother Heath, and, and we went to pick up kids, and I drove right by one of them's house, and I turned around, <laughs> And I, I came back, and they were standing in the yard, and I pulled up, and one of them looked at me, and he said, Preacher, I had my Bible waving at you when you come by. <laughs> we don't consider the consequences when we make choices sometimes. You know, we go through this life, and we live this life. We want to live it to the fullest, and I do too as long as it's pleasing to God. But what we've got to take into consideration in this choice is there is an eternity to follow us. There's an eternity to follow us. And I'm going to tell you something today. When you choose to reject God, when you choose to try to figure all this out on your own, you know what? Come start playing with softly, Miss Tanya. There's just some things you can't figure out. I can't figure out why God loves me the way that he does. I can't figure out why God would be willing 
to allow his son, his only begotten son, according to John 3, to come to earth and to die for me, to take a crown of thorns upon his head, to be beaten with a cat of none to, I can't understand that. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's not just sitting in heaven ready to take something and knock you over the back of the head off into hell. That's not God today. God didn't send his son to condemn the world. He sent his son so that the world through him might be saved. And see, whether you want to believe that there's a hell or not, there is. And whether you want to accept the description or not, it's true. And whether you want to accept the duration that it's eternal or not, that's up to you. But you better consider the consequences before you make the choice. But can I say something to you in closing this morning? There is a detour to hell. There's a detour. You know what a detour is? It takes you around something. And i tell you something today. You don't have to die and go to hell. You don't have to live your life in misery. You don't have to live your life in disbelief. There's a God that loves you. There's a God that cares about you. As I've already said, there is a God that sent his son to die for you. I read these verses last Sunday, but can I read it to you again in closing? Romans 5. For it's by one man disobedient, many were made sinners. That's Adam. Because of Adam, all of us was made sinners. But watch this. For it's by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But listen to this. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by who? Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus is your detour from hell today. Nobody can do it for you though. Nobody can save you. That's a choice that you have to make. You have to come to the realization, I'm lost. I need Christ in my life. You have to do that. And when you do, for a whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Shall be. It's not, it, hey, it's not maybe. It's not, you say, well, preacher, Preacher, you don't know the life that I've lived. You don't know the things that I've done. I want you to hear me this morning. It don't matter. It don't matter the life that you've lived. Every person in this room this morning, boy, I think, and I look over the, every person in this room this morning has a past. Every person. Some in the world's eyes or in religious eyes are worse than others. Man, as I think about it this morning, 
there's recovering dope addicts sitting here. There's those that practically lived their life on the street. There's those that was alcoholics. And what happened? Jesus passed by your way and allowed you to have a detour and kept you out of hell. There's a God that loves you today. And there's a God that'll speak peace to your troubled soul. What this world cannot do, what alcohol cannot do, what drugs cannot do, the Lord can do if you'll just believe Him and allow Him to follow.